All right. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Complete Sports Media's podcast. Uh, we're coming to you uh, after a long weekend. Uh, we're doing a weekend wrap-up of sports, and you can see two extra boxes tonight. Uh, we got Stefan Capellini joining us. Uh, some of our loyal viewers and listeners have seen Stefan on a couple of occasions uh, come in and break down some UFC fights and uh, the great thing is uh, all three of us were together on Saturday night. We got to see UFC 281, the best card of the year, in my opinion, probably the most stacked card that they put together this year. And uh, we had a blast. So I thought, hey, why don't we have a blast uh, breaking it down on Monday? And I'm glad we could put it all together. Thanks for joining us, uh, both of you. Uh, thanks, Stefan, first of all. Hey, thanks for having me back. Um, yeah, we had a good time Saturday, had some great fights, so yeah talking about it yeah this will be great and yeah thanks as always jason uh how was your day how you doing uh day was good um obviously watching the fights with you guys was awesome it was it was a great night of fights uh little bit disappointed though my guy my guy he didn't win, <laughs> didn't win. <laughs> yeah that was uh yeah, it was good. Um, I think you should stop betting me because uh, I think I'm undefeated in all the bets that we've had <laughs> together. And uh, and uh, I think, uh, yeah, you should probably just uh, retire from the betting world against uh, Nostradamus here. Yeah, that, that's really cool how you named yourself Nostradamus. That was awesome <laughs> how you just did that. Um, here's the thing. I'm a bad gambler, so <laughs> I will continue to keep – like. I, it can't, I can't always lose. I can't always okay. lose. All At right. some point in time, I got to win. <laughs> yeah, well, so far, it feels pretty good to be undefeated. And, uh, yeah, it was, it's nice getting those extra beers paid for. I, I really appreciate it. And, um, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll just take the other side, whatever you wanted to, uh, next time we get together for Happy to help you out. So happy. <laughs> My pleasure. Yeah, it was nice too. Uh, I had a uh, a DraftKings setup. Uh, I predicted six fights, all right, and that was awesome. Uh, that made me happy, made me a little bit of money, and uh, paid for part of my evening. So that was fun. And um, yeah, it was uh, as I said off the top, uh, super stacked card, Madison Square Garden, the most famous uh, arena on the planet. Uh, so many amazing, amazing um, events there over the years. Uh, UFC sold it out, 18,500 people. No, sorry, sorry, 20,845 is the exact number. Uh, this was the UFC's 27th consecutive sellout, and it was the fifth highest grossing event for the UFC ever. Uh, 11.56 million was the gate, and that's the second highest grossing gate in Madison Square Garden history, second only to UFC. 205, which was Conor McGregor against Eddie Alvarez back in 2016. Uh, that was $17.7 million gate. So uh, in the massive history of Madison Square Garden, uh, USC took so long to actually get sanctioned in New York, and they finally are there, and they're you know getting the biggest draws, biggest gates. And uh, it was awesome in there. The, the energy in the crowd was just phenomenal. What did you guys think? Stefan, go for it. Yeah, no, no, it's uh, it's. 
I, I don't know. Is it the most famous Colosseum? I, I'm thinking the Roman Colosseum might be, but they're not. I don't think they're ever going to put the UFC in there. You know, <laughs> no, we're watching not. football games there. <laughs> but uh, I say maybe second place, maybe for <laughs> maybe. Uh, well, they call it the most famous arena. That's what they call it. Oh, uh, Colosseum's oh, not really an arena. You know, it's a little different okay. venue. Okay. Uh, uh, great. Awesome. Especially, you know, for a North American crowd, you, um, you don't get quite the chanting that, that getting on, in some of the shows there, like uh, in the UK and stuff, but yeah, right. yeah, but which is really cool, but yeah, great, great atmosphere. And, uh, and they lit, lit it up. Great show. And by the way, Jason, I don't think you might be upset about losing some bets, but not as upset as Drake. Oh, oh, oh yeah! Did you know, did you hear how much he lost? Two million, right? Two million. Oh Two man! Million. Wow! But that's that's pocket change to him, anyway, right? Wow. Yeah, pretty much. Jeez. Uh, Jason, you think you can invite him to the next event? And uh... <laughs> well, yeah, you know what? Like, if he's willing just to throw away two million, if I if I get him out, he just buy the bar like drinks. It'll be cheaper than his <laughs> losing yeah. money. You know. <laughs> Yeah, we should. Yeah, yeah. Two million. Uh, I've I've heard he's he's quite the gambler. He puts a lot of money down. But uh, yeah, even though you're you're rich, two million still got to be a real kick in the gut. Yeah, I, I it can't feel good. It can't feel good. It can't feel good at all. But I I did want to say I, I love like uh, there was obviously a ton of celebrities, but the ones that I noticed the the biggest the most is because I just saw the movie on Friday with Black Panther. And yeah. then so you had a lot of the cast from Black Panther that was there. Yeah, and great. you guys don't know this, but there was somebody had a cameo in Black Panther. Can you guess who it was? The Come UFC on. fighter. Kamaro Usman. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes, he was. Yeah, that, yeah, was, pretty, that, that was pretty cool. He he was sitting next to the two uh, main actresses in the UFC. So that's how I knew. But yeah, um, but yeah great. Uh, Great to see so many stars out there. Mike Tyson, I think, had the biggest uh, ovation, though, when they showed him on the big screen. But he's the baddest man on the planet. Yeah, like, still. Hey, hey. Even he, though he's he always 50 will be. Yeah. He always will be. Always yeah, will be. Kidding. Yeah. So, obviously, uh, it was a huge night. Two title fights. Uh, we looked at the card going in and thought the fight of the night's going to be Poirier Chandler. Sure turned out to be. Uh, they both got fight of the night, 50K bonus. But uh, why don't we start with the main event? Uh, we got Israel Adesanya undefeated, long history, uh, beating all the top contenders, even twice uh, eliminating them. But uh, he has this boogeyman that had beaten him, had knocked him out in kickboxing, comes into the UFC about a year ago only, uh, has a few great performances, and they decide, let's give him a shot. Let's see what he can do. And uh, he seems to be the kryptonite for Israel Adesanya. Adesanya was winning this fight going into the fifth round, three rounds to one on everybody's card, it seemed like. And uh, he got caught. He got hit. And uh, he is no longer the champion. Uh, Alex Pereira was able to pull off the huge upset, big Big, big win, and uh, we have a new champion. Probably a rematch coming, but uh, what a shocking turn of events that ended up being. Yeah, it, it was a shocking turn of events because as I'm watching the fight, you know what it reminded me of? I'm sure Stefan would agree with me. 
reminded me of Kamara Usman. Yeah, that's what it reminded me of. Sure, like where Leon Edwards. Yeah, Leon Edwards. Yeah, just shocked the world right at the very end of the fight. Boom. Oh yeah, like yeah. I I thought for sure that he had like he had it in the bag. Yeah, all he had to do was kind of coast to the finish, but uh, Pereira's camp, like his his coaches, they they did a great job of coaching him up. Yeah, great job of coaching him up so that to go into the fifth saying, well, it's it's, it's all or nothing right now. Got to take him out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he blitzed them. Go ahead, Stefan. Yeah, no. Well, um, uh, he he was certainly a um, Izzy was on his bicycle. I think on on that third round, he he wasn't running away. He wasn't no. running away. He could have, no. but it's not his style either. Yeah. So I give him kudos for not running away. And then you know, with just a little bit of time, he just left. He just got caught. Her Pereira was was. Uh, just slowly stalking him, stalking him down, and finally caught him clean. Oh. Caught him clean with a few punches, and just like oh. I had Darren and I, I think our jaws were just dropping at that time, right? Uh, oh. We thought that uh, we pretty much thought that that was probably it. And poor Izzy, and I think uh, uh, Jason, you mentioned it before because you watched your kickboxing match where. Izzy got knocked out by Pereira, and he yeah. remember in the first round, Izzy. We talked about this. If he only had maybe ten or twenty mm-hmm. seconds more, because he, yeah. he really rocked him. He yeah. really rocked Pereira with a one-two call. I think it was an overhand right, and then a, kind of a hook, uh, hook um, uppercut, and yeah. and Pereira was, was rocked. But oh yeah, yeah. I I I believe it was fifteen more seconds. Adesanya still the champion. He wins that fight uh, because yeah, ooh, you ooh. could tell that he wasn't there for a second. He uh, when the when the bell sounded. Goddard stepped in the middle and all of a sudden he was looking around like, Oh, what the hell just happened? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, it's uh, you know, the bell saved him there. Uh, It's amazing that he was able to go in between the two rounds and, and recover. Uh, I thought he won that second round came out, uh, you know, with the ferocity that uh, he really wasn't showing tons in the first round, but um, yeah, good on him. And you mentioned his corner. Uh, Did you guys, listen to the cornerman between the fourth and the fifth rounds. We had a hard time hearing oh, the audio yeah. while we were in the bar there, but uh, I watched the commentary and, and saw them yelling at him. They say, you got five minutes left. You got to get in there. You got to stalk him. You got to knock him out. You're going to be five minutes from the champion here. And they really hyped him up and he went out and, and pulled it off. It was, it was awesome to see. That's a little camp in Danbury, Connecticut. It's got Glover Teixeira there and a few other guys, but it's a small, small camp. And uh, But they did an amazing job sending him out there. And, uh, you know, now he's the champion. It's uh, it's incredible. Yeah, it's incredible, like, how a little camp like that literally just had, well, Glover, former champion, possibly could be a champion again in his yeah. rematch, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. He's coming and up so rematch, yeah. I, I, I'm excited. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Now, this is a question for both of you. Do you think he gets an immediate rematch? I think he deserves it. I think he deserves it. And he's I don't think he's shying away from it. So, you know, I I, I think it happens. I, I think I think it certainly is uh, on the table. Um 
But I, I would question whether it's a good idea for him to go back straight at it. Why he's lost really? to this guy three times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, every time they fought, he's lost to this guy. So how's that affecting him psychologically? Uh, he seemed to have shaked, uh, shaken it off uh, in, 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 in this UFC fight. He yeah. seemed confident. He seemed strong. He uh, he seemed, um, and he, we all, I think we all could, could agree that on our cards, he was winning. Yeah. And, um, and it, it, it was a close fight, but still it was decisive up until the, he, he caught those, those uh, well, until Piera tracked him down and, and caught him with those punches. So psychologically, I just, I, just, uh, I think, uh, is, is he ready? Yeah, yeah. Well, when when you've lost three times to someone, even you know, kickboxing is a completely different sport. Yeah. But when you've lost three times to someone and got brutally knocked out in the last two, yeah, you know, it's got to get in your head. You know, you, yeah. we all got those voices in our head saying stupid stuff. It's got to yeah. be, you know, talking to Izzy. I saw Adesanya in the press conference after, and I saw him today on uh, MMA Hour with Ariel Hawani, and he he seemed really amazing that uh, one of the uh most amazing kind of demeanors that i've ever seen from a guy that has lost a title fight has Ooh. lost the belt has been knocked out um he he seemed good spirits he seemed fine i was really quite surprised but um to to lose three times to a guy and get knocked out the last two times i i don't know how you overcome that in your brain i don't know it's gonna be hard but also too maybe he's thinking that first round, I was like 15 seconds from taking him out. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. like, like knowing that he has the confidence, because obviously that's one thing that that man doesn't lack is confidence in himself. Yeah. He doesn't lack that. So maybe he's also looking at that saying, I almost had that guy out of there in the first round. Yeah. Like, if I had sure. just a little bit more time, I would have had him out of there. Right. Yeah. So, ah, uh, that. Well, first off, I think there's obviously there's going to be a couple months, maybe four to five months before possible rematch does happen anyways. And so he'll, he can actually dissect all of those fights and see what needs to change. Right. You know? So yeah. he does have time. Yeah, he has time. Uh, you know, I, I, I feel like Pereira's, um, Pereira's got in his head and, yeah. uh, you know, he's just got that punch of chance. I was, when I was talking about, uh, you know, why I put money on Pereira going in. I thought he had more opportunities to win because of his power, because of his aggression. I thought that, um, you know, he just needed to land one huge shot. And, uh, you know, that the way the refereeing is these days, a lot of times, as soon as the guy gets hurt, the referee is getting in there and takes a two, couple too many shots. Boom, he's in. Uh, there was There has been a lot of talk today and over this weekend that the stoppage was a little too soon. Uh, you you were really right there watching with me, Stefan. Did you think that stoppage happened too soon? Mark Goddard is the one of the best referees in the game, but um, he didn't let him go to go to the ground. He this is a champion, you know. He took a few shots, but he was kind of blocking a lot of them too and avoiding them. Uh, I thought it was a touch soon, but. Who knows? What do you think? Uh, well, uh, so a few things I want to say. Uh, first off, okay, about that, I think Mark Goddard, I, I, I'm sort of on his side here. It's good to see that he didn't get too hurt. I, I think he was very, very hurt. But still, the, you're right. It's, you know, he had a chance. 
it was maybe a bit soon being that it was a title fight. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because usually they need it's not this is not amateur MMA. It's not even just professional MMA. Right. Is, uh, a title and it's the UFC title. And so yeah. maybe it should have gone just a little bit longer. I think just like a Pierre and Pereira in the first round, he got rocked. Yeah. But who knows if Izzy was going to be able to stop him within the next uh, 20 seconds. We don't know that. Maybe uh-huh. Pereira shakes it off. But Izzy got hit by about five shots there, I think it was. I'd ha- I'll have to take a look again at it. But he, it looked, it was very slim chance of him recuperating from that and, and not receiving a whole bunch more damage. But I just wanted to jump back onto something you guys were saying about um, – about you know the if a, a possible rematch, sure. yeah, definitely right. All this stuff is going to go through. It's just human nature to go negative stuff through our minds. But Jason, you're right that it's got that one silver lining, saying, "Man, I nearly knocked this guy out in the first round." Yeah. So yeah. as they say, that tape in your head, what's right. that going to be playing? And not just training camp, it's walking into that, into that octagon again, because training camp can be wonderful. But then all of a sudden he walks into that octagon and what happens then? Is he getting, right. you know, flashbacks? Yeah. 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 But, yeah. yeah. You but always worry, you know, a camp always worries about once a guy gets knocked out, it, it's just, very hard to overcome, and it's very hard to get that negativity out of your brain. And we'll get to that later on today about some of the old fighters that, you know, it's like that jar, the top of the jar has been loosened. Yeah. And yeah. knocked out easier now. Yeah. You know? Funny, um, yeah. And, and so, um, but yeah, was it maybe a tad bit soon, maybe a tad bit soon, but maybe gives him a little bit more of a future and a better chance for a comeback. Yeah. Um, I've always told people that I really don't like pay-per-view. I hope the UFC at some point in the history of the sport gets away from pay-per-view. Uh, I think it's it, it, it ruined boxing, I think, and it has the ability to really limit the number of people that have access to it and can you know look at it again, break it down. I would have loved to watch it two or three times over this weekend, but it's on pay-per-view, hard to find it, hard to see it. Uh, Adesanya today said that um, one of the kicks that Pereira gave him to his leg, he actually damaged his perennial nerve on his knee, and he was having a hard time really working his leg properly. And he said one of the wobbles that happened to him after he got hit was because of this nerve damage, and he said, you know, then I think Goddard thought I was more rock than I actually really was because of the way I was wobbling. And he said, he, you know, good on him for giving me that kick, but yeah. that nerve damage was there earlier in the fight. Ah, well, that makes a lot of sense why he just didn't seem so stable on his legs. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. But at the same time, Pereira delivered that blow. Yeah, yeah, and exactly, he made that yeah. damage happen. So, so that that's that's something that's a feather in his cap for doing that to him, right? That has been happening uh, a lot lately. Uh, remember Jimmy Crute? Uh, you know yep. that uh, he wasn't able to continue. They actually called the fight because his leg just wasn't working anymore. Obviously, not as uh, severe for Adesanya here, but uh, we've seen it quite a bit in the last couple of years. These calf kicks and these kicks yeah. to the leg are doing damage. 
Sometimes they're breaking the guy's leg when he throws the kick. But we saw Conor McGregor have a you know broken leg. We saw Jimmy Crew. We've seen some you know problems with this. And he said that's you know he said I would I would say I, I got knocked out. I got knocked out. But he said this damage to my nerve on my knee uh, caused a lot of this extra problems I had. Yeah. Well, yeah. Go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead, it's Stephon. So well. Hey, it's a war. It's yeah. a war. You know. Yeah. Uh, he he's still injured. He's still vulnerable. I get what he's saying, though. He wasn't as hurt as as uh, uh, as uh, he appeared. Right. Um. So again, you know who who's to know who's to know. I, I think he was done. I think there was a slim chance of him pulling that off. I think he was done. And Goddard, Goddard gave him gave him the chance to recuperate quickly and get back on track. I guess. Yeah. Um, Jason, uh, you were you were one of the most aggressive uh, natures I'd ever seen. You, you're a pretty calm, cool, and collected guy. <laughs> typically, uh, pretty chill. But uh, you were screaming at the screen. Uh, can you remember some of the things that you were yelling at the screen? You were screaming so loud, a lot of people in the bar were hearing you. Do you remember uh, your rants and chants that you kept throwing at the screen? What kill him? <laughs> yeah. I want I want to see blood. I need this. <laughs> I need this in my life. Yeah, you know, like I I like to have fun with it. I really do, and then also too, it, it's shock value. So because people are just like, there's something very wrong with that gentleman over there. <laughs> something very, very wrong. Yeah. And, and also too, I, I I don't. I just I like to have fun with it. I like to have fun with it. And also too, I'm gonna be honest. I didn't want to see Izzy lose. Right. I, I really didn't. I I wanted yeah. to see him conquer this one demon, the mm. one guy, right? Mm. That 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 he just can't overcome. It, and right. again, this reminded me of DC and John Jones, okay. the one guy that DC mm. could never overcome. John Jones. Yeah. And that's, and that's had, what DC had a Hall of Fame career. Uh, you know, had you know, held, held the belt on a couple of occasions, was able to um, you know, be in two weight classes and had an amazing career. But you're right, uh, that was his kryptonite. Yeah. Yeah. And there's and you know what? I think sometimes for, for people, there's always one guy like that. There's yeah. a guy. There's always one guy like that where it's just like, for whatever reason, I can't beat that dude. I don't know what he does. Like, so, what do you think happens next if in the rematch? Who do you think wins? Ah, uh, go ahead, Stefan. I, I would have to say I I ha, I'm leaning towards and just on a feeling I can't. No, I don't know if I can really articulate this, but I just think Izzy. But then then again, there that that thing in the back of my head go, but you've lost three times already to this guy not knocked out twice so but i just think izzy was so close it's just like again if we we see leon edwards fight uh Usman. who do you think's gonna win i think most of us would just say Usman's gonna win right. because it was that just one shot that did it mm. um and in this case in this fight it was that just uh just that one flurry that flurry. did it yeah. and um but you know why why May, why you're, you're asking why does he keep getting beat by this guy well they're both really tall and lanky middleweights mm. um so so body wise they're very similar but 
Pierre Appert just has a bit more of that pop in his punches, a bit more of that I can really do damage with one punch. Right. And yeah. I, I think uh, I think the Sanya doesn't quite have that kind of power mm. uh, to pull it off at any moment. So I um, guess I'm going off track maybe a little bit there, but uh, there's my thoughts on that. Go ahead, Jason. Jason. Uh, well, you know, you know what I, I, I think? Maybe he incorporates some more grappling because in round three, where he did finally take him down, he dominated that round mm. when yeah. he did that. Mm. So, like, and then I, I, yeah. I mentioned that before. Maybe he should have incorporated more of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would have definitely because, you know, uh, Pura comes in only having seven fights in his MMA career. You know, oh, wasn't, hasn't been training that for his entire kickboxing career. Uh, you know, that was the really good path for Adesanya to win. Adesanya had massive more experience, like three times more experience. So, you know, I was really surprised that that wasn't the game plan by his team and by himself to, you know, really tip the tables onto his side. Um, the other the other thing that just came to mind was uh, we saw Peter Yan have the belt. Aljamain Sterling beat him. Uh, first fight, he won by disqualification. So, Everybody was like, "Well, he didn't really beat him, did he?" Uh, then he then he fight him fought him again, and he beat him soundly that second time. And uh, it just seemed to flip the script, change the whole narrative. Peter Yan seemed unbeatable, but Aljamain is now the champion, and uh, yeah, it it just it just seemed to change once he beat him that first time, and you know, he was able to get him that second time too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like it, it, it definitely changed the narrative because of the fact that he was able to beat like his boogeyman, right? Yeah. And everybody didn't really give him a shot at being able to beat that guy. Yeah. And then he, when then once he did it, once he overcame that, then it's like, all right, no, he's a real champion. He's a true champion. Okay, I want to talk about the card a little more for sure, but I do want to mention Anthony Rumble Johnson today. Um, really sad news that uh, he lost his health battle and uh, passed away yesterday at 38 years old. Um, great, tough, powerful fighter in the UFC and, and other promotions. Uh, a 23 and six record uh, was able to fight for the title on a couple of occasions against Daniel Cormier, who we mentioned earlier. And um, yeah, sad to see a guy go, uh, seemed healthy, seemed a powerful, incredible, great athlete, and taken down by some health issues. Uh, sad news, and and uh, our condolences go out to his friends and his family. Um, please, just uh, yeah. What what were your thoughts when you heard the news? Uh, for me, I was shocked. Yeah. He's thirty eight. Yeah, thirty eight. Like like I, like for me, I'm just like. <laughs> Oh man, like I, I don't know what health issues obviously he was battling, but that it's just a, it's just a shame, you know. Because yeah. like as far as I'm concerned, uh, a man of that in in his uh, as healthy as he was shouldn't die at 38. Yeah, just that shouldn't have happened. So yeah, it took a long time for them to reveal the um, re uh, reason in a lot of reports, but I did see that it was uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Uh, gave him organ failure. He uh, had also something called HLH, really long couple words that I don't want to even try to pronounce. But um, I guess uh, this was an immune disorder that um, just he couldn't 
fight through. Um, I had heard about a year ago that he uh, uh, had put out some tweets saying, please pray for me. Uh, you know, I'm going through some really tough health troubles. And he had taken a turn for the better. And there was talk of him fighting again in Bellator or somewhere. And then, uh, yeah, something happened. He tried to turn for the worse. And and uh, I don't think anybody was uh, in the know. You know, obviously his friends and family were probably right there. But uh, anybody else, uh, yeah, this, this did come as quite the shock. Yeah, absolutely did. Um, I didn't find out till this morning, actually. Uh, this morning you you uh, mentioned it uh, to me, and then, and then I looked it up. I, I didn't know he was ill at all. I just hadn't real noticed that I hadn't seen fighting in a while, but um, yeah, so sad that such a healthy and strong and young individual can be taken down by, by cancer still nowadays, you know, Um, and um, what a, what an explosive puncher, what a, what an exciting explosive puncher, especially I think when he moved up, in weight, I couldn't. I can't believe he actually used to fight at Walter weight for a while. Yeah, one seventy. Yeah, you know? yeah. And then, yeah. He and, fought in. He fought in four weight classes. Uh, he had a yeah. hard time making weight. A lot of his fights, he actually missed weight quite a few times in his oh, MMA yeah. career. But uh, yeah, fighting at one seventy when you saw him actually fighting at light heavyweight, and even he even had a fight at, at heavyweight with uh, Orlovsky. Yeah, against Arlovsky, exactly. Yeah. And um, the uh, Glover Teixeira knockout was one of the most powerful, craziest knockouts I've ever seen. And, yeah. and uh, he just had one of those bombs that if he landed it, you were going to sleep. And it was uh, incredible. Uh, he he just possessed just an absolute bomb in his hand. Yeah, he had TNT in those hands, man. Like, like he, he, was, he was so powerful. I always thought, that if he had continued fighting, he eventually would have been champion. Yeah, I I always thought that. I always yeah. thought that. Like and and also too, like that one fight where he had against DC Daniel Cormier. Yeah. Where I'm like, what's he doing grappling with that guy? Stand up and yeah. throw your punches. Yeah. Then he that's had, what he should have done. Yeah, he had DC in trouble uh, in their no. first encounter. He really um, had rocked him, and and DC was able to weather the storm and and keep at it, but. Um, yeah, he took that second loss to Cormier really hard. He decided to retire at that moment. He just couldn't uh, face the facts that he had lost the, the belt twice. He was scheduled to fight John Jones on a couple of occasions, and it fell apart one time because John Jones got suspended. Uh, another time, can John Jones was you know being an idiot like usual, <laughs> and uh, yeah. But um, I, I was disappointed that he left the USC, retired. Uh, yeah. Great to see him go in and have one last fight in Bellator, and he he got a win. Uh, but um, yeah, this was tough news to hear today. Uh, I was really sad to hear that he lost his battle because uh, he gave us a ton of entertainment. Uh, great guy from all accounts, uh, you know, really a sportsman when it came to uh, the people that he he uh, was in the cage with. And um, yeah, this was uh, tough to hear. Tough to hear this news. Yeah, absolutely was. And um, 
and and they say and you could actually see it he just seemed like a really genuine actually sweet person even though he was a, a brutal mma fighter and just a killer but he just he seemed to have a big heart and and just be a genuine person um one thing though i gotta say every time he, he got beat was by uh, i can think of three fights including josh koscheck um dc and vitor belfort all got him the, the same way Rear naked, naked choke, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that was his, that was his kryptonite, yeah. He wasn't exactly. able to fight those off, yeah. He didn't know how to get guys off his back. That's one thing it seems like he didn't know. Yeah. And uh, and with DC was just uh, such phenomenal wrestling, um, you know, just uh, that that just seemed obvious. But uh, and B uh, Vitor just a great BJJ guy, and then Koscheck was a wrestler as yeah. well. So that that's where he had his uh, had his problems. Had he rounded his game a little bit more, um, or maybe just wasn't his his skill set. I, I don't know, but yeah, had he rounded that off a little. Usually, bit more. when you got those TNT in your fists, you, you fall in love with those, you know, and you <laughs> you don't really want to go to the ground. You don't want to. You know, yeah. have to fight that way, and yeah. and street street fights not happening on the ground too often. Most of these guys grow up street fighting, and and especially if they start KOing guys early age, uh, you fall in love with that, and you think you can do it to everybody. But um, yeah, yeah, a great career. Uh, he'll be sorely missed. Uh, we just said goodbye to Elias Theodoru yeah. a couple months ago, and uh, it's terrible to see these uh, incredibly athletic incredible athletes guys that uh, you know at the top of their game and and uh you know they, they can be taken away so uh you know it makes you realize you know you gotta value every day you gotta you know you gotta stay healthy but you gotta live live for today because you, you're not promised tomorrow absolutely you're, you're not promised tomorrow and then also too for us as fans we just have to appreciate them for for what they do yeah. for as long as they do it sure yep uh, okay, let's get back to UFC 281. Uh, why don't we talk about fight of the night? Uh, Dustin Poirier, Michael Chandler, uh, two incredible warriors. I was just salivating at the prospect of these guys finally getting an opportunity to go in. Chandler's come in recently into the UFC and has had four incredible battles before this one. Uh, the guy that just doesn't play uh, safe, he just throws the punches and and tries to you know knock the other guy out before he he gets done uh Poirier played a smart fight was able to uh you know pick his opportunity and get the victory uh this was this was one of my fights of the year and I'm I'm super glad it happened and and you know it's good to see Poirier back after losing the belt uh that really took was hard on him he said 11 months having to live with that it was tough but he he gets the victory and uh it was fun that Poirier is one of my favorite fighters. I, I I love that guy, and I love the fact that he's he's truthful with his answers. You know, like he said in the first round, if Chandler had decided to not throw looping punches at the end and thrown straight punches, he probably would have got him out of there. Yeah, he would have lost the fight. Sure. And not a lot of fighters will say that. Right. Not a lot of fighters will admit and say, "No, no, I was fine." Nothing was wrong with it. No, no point. Like, oh, oh, man. Yeah. I, I got hurt very, very badly. Yeah. I, I, was, I was hurt, man. So I, I, I appreciate his honesty when it comes to that. But again, with Michael Chandler, the man's a warrior. Like, yeah. He just goes out there and goes, eh, let's just give the people a show. 
right? <laughs> Even right. if it's at the detriment of, okay, you might not win. You know that, right? <laughs> if you're gonna fight like that. Yeah. But uh, Michael Chandler, yeah. I, 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 I like, I love the way that he goes after a guy, yeah. and I, I, I always forget that dude's got a tremendous amount of power. Oh, like shit. in every one of his fights that he's been in UFC so far, he's hurt his opponent badly at some yeah. point in time. In the fight. You're right. Yeah. Stefan, what did you think? Yeah, I as I was saying on Saturday night, uh, like he's got a, now a losing record in the UFC. Yeah. But does anyone think, anyone, one of us think Dana White is thinking, oh, I got to cut this guy? Oh. No freaking way. Oh, he's no. just so exciting. And yeah. he, every fight, and so his five fights in, every fight he was on the cusp of winning. Every fight he was, he was on the cusp of winning the title. Yes. And he, it just slipped away from him. Every time he loses, he starts off winning. He starts beating the shit out of these guys. <laughs> and uh, and then these guys, like smart guys that are kind of like maybe a little bit of that more slow twitch fiber, a little bit. He's got all that such a, that fast twitch fiber, that explosiveness. And these guys with like Poirier and Ganji that just have a bit more of that slow twitch fiber and just wait, wait weather the storm and then come on to him. But um, you know, I I, I love seeing him fight. Uh, yeah, I think fun. we all do, and all UFC fans love him. So yes. he's not getting cut, but no, uh, but no. he's got. Uh, hopefully, he learned because he's got two things. He's got very well. He can strike. But he maybe gets a little bit too wild, right? Yeah. And yes. he can wrestle. Those sure. two things. And those are huge. Yeah. Those are huge. Well, his his camp's got to listen to what Poirier said and teach him how to throw these uh, straight shots. Because uh, Poirier just said, you know, I was just putting my arms up. And he was hitting them, hitting them, hitting them, hitting them. I was able to, you know, wait until he kind of gassed himself out a little bit. Then I could pick a few shots in there and come back on him. And, and uh, you know, uh, he's his camp has to learn, you know, Hey, we gotta, we gotta teach this guy. He's his wrestling's great. His aggression's great. A lot yeah. of good things about him, but you know, he needs that element to come into his fights. Yeah. He, he has to be just a, a tad more tactical in his, mm -hmm. in his fights. Yep. Just, just not mm -hmm. to be so reckless and wild. Like you, you, you need to focus that to a certain degree, but at the same time, you know, like he just needs a cut, just, just a little bit of tactics. Yeah. A little bit more tactics. Um, yeah, I, I agree. And I think he can knock out anybody in that division. Oh, yeah. yeah. He potentially yeah. has that power that yeah. anybody, he could potentially take out anyone. Yeah. I hear um, I hear Poirier Benil Daryush is a, a real possibility, uh, something that looks like uh, it's, it's in the works. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure where Chandler goes from here, but as you say, uh, in the post-fight press conference, Dana White was like, oh, man, I love this kid. I, I don't care that he lost. Like, he just, you know, he just gave it his all. I love this kid. I'm so happy he's here. And, yeah, he he can keep fighting for me as long as he keeps fighting this way, for sure. It was, it was, it was yeah, you, you know, he, he loves fighters like that. And, and this guy's got a job for a while. So um, mm -hmm. the co-main event was a mismatch, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that... Um, Carla Esparza, uh, it's just not the same type of aggressive aggressive fighter that uh, Wei Li Zhang uh, brings to the table. I think um, everybody, she was the betting favorite on everybody's, or you know, betting favorite from Vegas, and everybody 
really saw this as a bit of a mismatch, and it proved to be. Uh, I think Zhang was really upset losing her belt. She's got it back, and now it's going to be hard to wrestle it away from her. This is one amazingly tough woman. Yeah, she's so good. Like, okay, so as far as it comes into this fight, saying, "Well, my grappling's my my best thing. That that, that that's that's my number one. That's my go-to." Right. Uh oh, she's a better <laughs> grappler. Yeah, she out grappled me. Ah, I'm in trouble. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. Zhang out grappled her. Yeah. Outstrengthed her, and then and then and then crucifixed her, and then choked her up. Yeah. And I mean, so like I I I looked at that entire fight and I'm like. Oh man, it's too bad that you have no shot at it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it was a it was an incredible story. She was the very first ever champion in this weight class. Uh she lost her belt to Joanna, and then eight years later she was able to reclaim it. Uh, even though it was the worst uh, title fight in the UFC history, but she reclaimed it, got it back. Good good honor, two-time champion. She can always be called. Uh, but just not on the same level. This was a mismatch, and and Whaley definitely had the win. Um, you you were calling it Stefan uh, seconds before you said, "Oh, as soon as she gets that arm free, it's done." Uh, oh, Ooh. yeah. Oh, here it comes boom, and it was done. Uh, she had her arm trapped a little bit, and then sinks it in, and then yeah, it was it was over. And um, yeah, this welcome to the Whaley Zhang show. Um, do they do they put her up against Rose? Uh, do you think uh, that's going to be what we're going to see next? Go ahead, Stefan. Um, I guess that's the uh, the next one in line. But uh, uh, and you guys watched it, and I I missed the the Rose and uh, and Sparza fight, but I you guys say it's so terrible yeah. that I want to watch it. I, I got to get around to it. I want to watch it while I'm doing something else, while <laughs> I'm uh, you know, making pierogies or something. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but you'll never get that 30 minutes of your life back. But, uh... <laughs> so, but who, but who else is who else is in line there? I, I don't know. They've and, talked and to the, Amanda Lemos, uh, is it right, that, right. uh, yeah, they think uh, really has a legitimate shot at this. Uh, they might be still Dana White might be still mad at Rose for her performance. You know, we yeah. just talked about what Chandler was exactly. Uh, Rose was as far from uh, that kind of a performance as he could possibly be, so maybe she doesn't deserve it. I don't, I personally don't think she deserves it after her last fight. So, you know, maybe they yeah. turn to Lemos, who's Who's on a, a really good rise and uh, yeah, and and good, hungry, good and hungry. Money. And one thing I gotta say too is there was a there there was a notice, noticeable size difference between uh, Zhang and and Carla. Not only maybe a little bit of height, but just the thickness and the muscle density oh. Oh, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's like she just looked like wow. You're yeah. gonna and and like you say, Jason, her uh, Carla. Saying her her wrestling's the her strongest uh, attribute, uh, yes. attribute, but um, she was just gonna get she was getting manhandled there. Yes, get and, and it looked like it was yeah. it was gonna happen, which isn't always the case. Sometimes uh, yeah. you know someone looks uh, uh, strong and 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 isn't all that strong, but in this case, it certainly was. Yeah. Certainly. Oh yeah, certainly. I've had a, I've had a hate on for Russian athletes this year. Uh, I've been calling them cheating bastards. I've been you know, uh -huh, yeah. saying they're all doing steroids and 
you know, it's been proven in many of the athletics around the world. They've been banned from many athletic competitions. I'm worried about Chinese fighters doing Ooh. the same type of thing. They've got the similar government. They got, uh, ah. you know, the, the, they want the will to try to be showing how great communism is on a world stage. I'm worried. Uh, this girl went from looking like a girl to looking like a man pretty recently. Yeah, that and, is. Uh, you know, this is one. Ooh. She's like a little tank now. Uh, most athletes don't get that way naturally, unfortunately. Yeah. And uh, I do worry that maybe she's taking something. Maybe it's maybe it's a different kind of steroids that's not quite illegal yet. I don't know, but um, yeah, she looked uh, she Good looks portal. like a man right now. It's like you know we would never want to watch a fight with a man and a woman in the cage. Uh, this kind of seemed to be that way. Well, hold on a second. I think. Personally, I'm just going to play a little devil's advocate. So just putting in a little bit more CrossFit in, into the uh, work. That, that's all it is. That's oh, all okay, it is. okay. Oh, but okay. All right. <laughs> okay, CrossFit, CrossFit doesn't change your jawline. I mean, if you're fat fuck, yeah, it's going to change your jawline. But it's not going to make it that square jawline and the features. Remember she's wearing a hoodie or something? I said, yeah. who's that dude? Oh, and I go, oh, Zang. Yeah, so no, her facial features yeah. are changing you know the the nose spreading the, the yeah. jaw just yeah her you, you're good jason that's uh or sorry darren that's actually yeah you're right i didn't even think about that but yeah, uh I, i'm concerned um you know i i know they, they test for steroids pretty strictly yeah. now uh you know yeah. other guys have been caught in the last few years but um you know i think these governments are always trying to you know get these athletes to high performance levels uh, you know, H HGH was something that wasn't on anybody's radar. And, you know, we saw Vitor Belfort go from kind of a, you know, out of shape looking guy to like a killer within a year or two. And, yeah. you know, there's, there's things out there probably evolving all the time. And uh, to me, she, she has transformed very significantly in the last couple of years. But well, I, do want, I, do ahead, want, I do want to say this about uh, Vitor though. I'm just going to make a quick comment. I love Super Vitor. Uber <laughs> Vitor was awesome. Oh, he oh, was fun yeah. to watch for sure. Yeah. yeah. But it was, was cheating. <laughs> but it was cheating. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Also, Alistair Overing. Maybe she's on the Alistair Overing diet of just lots of horse meat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Versus, he yeah. went one from a skinny, lanky dude to jack jack. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And he okay. said, ate lots of horse meat. <laughs> uh, okay, Saturday night, uh, we say goodbye to a legend. Uh, Frankie, the answer, Edgar, uh, has his last fight in the UFC. This is a guy that was undersized his entire career, uh, yeah. went into almost every one of his fights as the underdog, pulled off incredible upsets, Hall of Fame career. Sad to see him get knocked out severely in his last fight in front of his kids and his wife, kind of like what you did in the gym uh, about a week ago against the guy <laughs> and his, his family. Uh, Stephon. <laughs> but uh, yeah. What do you, uh, what do you think about this? Is It's tough when we see these legends uh, end this way, but I guess it was kind of inevitable, but you know, he wanted to fight his last fight, Madison square garden. He was able to, Whole entire friends and family and everybody was there. But, uh, yeah, I wish it didn't end that way. 
Yeah, okay. Well, and first off, just to defend myself, I didn't knock a guy out. I <laughs> him out and didn't know he was tapping, just so people were listening. Okay. Right, telling right. me, you're tough, you're tough, you're tough. And after, as my, uh, my ear got closer to his lips, I realized he was saying, tap, tap, tap. Okay, so that's what happens for anybody listening. Um so uh yeah it's a uh, for for frankie edgar i'm just taking a look here that it's it's sad but um um and it's he's been knocked out this way uh, a couple times he's he's uh, originally a, a wrestler he's a smaller guy he's a shorter guy and gutierrez i think just knew he was gonna uh at some point shoot in and um and he didn't really, he wasn't really setting it up well with his hands. Gutierrez was really uh, lightening up, so lighting him up with his hands and feet. So he, he pretty much set up uh, um, uh, Frankie Edgar to, to, to no other thing but to actually shoot in with disregard. And that's what he did. He have, wasn't setting it up with his hands and striking like he used to in the past and moving as well uh, in and out as he used to. He just, he threw a couple bad feints with his hands and then kind of went down, shot it in and caught a knee. And uh, just, he's not his old self uh, anymore. And, and, you know, he, he you could see it. Uh, uh, a watered down version of uh, Frankie Edgar, and un unfortunately, that's how uh, how it went. I think we all really admire uh, him, but well, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, and also too, like you know, he's forty one, he's yeah. forty one, so he's not he's not a young man anymore. Like you know, like it, you could tell that yes, you're nearing the end of your career. All right, yeah. and then with Gutierrez, Gutierrez is very good with his kicks. His kicks is his knees. That's what he, that's what he's actually known for. Sure. So he was probably waiting, yeah. waiting, and may, sure. possibly even baited him into the shot so that he could throw the knee and call it a night. Yeah. Right, and then that that's exactly what happened. Uh, but I did respect the fact that he was incredibly respectful of Frankie Edgar at the end of the fight. That was awesome. yeah. a tremendous amount of respect for Frankie. Yeah. It's it, every time that I see that, it makes me realize how great of a sport this is. Yeah. And, you know, it's one of the greatest. The sportsmanship is just incredible. You, you know, you, you have to knock out your heroes at times. And, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's got to be, it's got to feel a little bit bad, especially when you see his kids crying and his wife's upset. And, you know, you know, you ended his career. But, um, you know, onwards and upwards for Gutierrez. Great, great victory for him. And I'm sure we're going to see him um, fighting some. Top level competition very soon. Um, the fight that kicked off the main card was uh, just a stupid fight. I hated it. Uh, <laughs> Claudia Pujelas is well, it was a joke. He just kept rolling down on the ground, hoping to get an ankle lock, and Hooker just had to keep pulling his leg away and trying to run away. I I just, I just hated this performance by Pujelas and Hooker. I'm glad he got the win because um, this, this this was really irritating to watch. You know what? Okay, so anytime you see a guy like that, a fighter like that, where he goes, all right, so you got no striking skills. Awesome. Okay, so Hooker knows exactly what he's going to do. Even with that being said, he still almost knee-barred him. He almost in got him that knee-bar. He again. almost got yeah. him. Yeah. Even knowing what he's going to do, he still almost got him. So I'll give him a little bit of props for that. But then once Hooker goes, Okay, I'm just not going to go to the ground with, with you, to the mat, because that's dumb. 
I'm just going to beat you up on my feet. And every time you try to do your Imanari whirl and all that other nonsense, I'm just going to kick out of it. I'm going to demand you stand up and you fight. Me. Yeah. All right. And then that's what he did. And then eventually he ended it with like, a, a, what was that? Like a T kick to the midsection? I think it yeah. was. Yeah. Yeah, that was his second kick that had knocked him down like that. And I was so happy that uh, you know, the ref jumped in and said, forget this. This guy doesn't deserve to any get up anymore. And it was over. What about you, Stefan? What do you think? Yeah, I think uh, um, he's got to get a little bit better rounded, get a bit more striking and a bit more conditioning. He seemed to be uh, to fade quite quickly after that. He got he attempted the knee bar, almost got it. Uh, mm-hmm. And um mm-hmm. And, uh, and then he kept rolling for that. I, I it didn't bug me that much. I thought it was kind of interesting to seeing the two completely uh, different and uh, contrast contrasting styles. But still, yeah, it's 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 not gonna it's not a big win for the UFC really no. for a sport as a as a fight. Okay, but for watching it for a lot of spectators, it's it's not a it's not a, a big win. And when you talk about you know uh, if they just opened it up to and put it on like NBC again, you know um, a lot of people are gonna just look at this and go, "What the hell is that guy doing? That's yeah. boring shit." Yeah, so, that, that didn't, it wasn't a good look for sure. That I, I think I think if it was cool, if they scrapped it out for a while and duped it out for a while, and then he went in for the roll and got it and got the knee bar, that would have been more entertaining and and um, and interesting. But for him to just attempt like six attempts uh, at that, and then and then Dan Hooker was just stepping away yeah. from yeah. it you know, over and over again. Good yeah. to see Hooker get a win. He needed one. He had been yeah. on a bad roll lately. Yeah. Uh, you know, I like his fighting style. I like what he brings. Uh, he needed a win badly, and it's good that he did get a win. Uh, the feature fight on the prelims was Brad Riddell, Hanato Moicano. Riddell's also from that city kickboxing that Adesanya, Rid- um, Hooker, Riddell, all these guys are from there. There was four fighters on the card from there. Uh, Brad Riddell took this loss really hard. And almost retired, he said, uh, I'm not sure if I want to continue. I'm taking some serious long time off to contemplate my future. He might be done. Moicano, um, his post-fight commentary with Joe Rogan in the cage was bleeped out almost the entire thing. I tried to listen to it about four times today. I couldn't even make out uh, any of it because there was just so many Fs and s's in there and stuff that yeah it it uh it was brutal but joe rogan seemed to get a kick out of it off to us joe one day what he said but uh big victory by moicano and uh pretty much looked like he's put riddell into retirement yeah and it was dominating like riddell didn't he got blown out yeah I, like I, I can see why he's contemplating retirement because he wasn't really in this fight whatsoever like moicano destroyed him Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. The funny thing, I'm looking at the stats right now. It says uh, significant strikes for Riddell, 14, and Moicano, 10. I don't remember that at all. No, man. I don't remember that. I don't remember that. Yeah. That's weird. I thought that Moicano (laughs) dominated him in the strikes. Absolutely dominated dominated him. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. This was a beating. This was a bad beating. Uh, Riddell uh, was overmatched on this night. Uh, speaking yeah, of bad beatings, uh, yeah, yeah, very bloody. Uh, speaking of bad beatings, Dominic Reyes 
has fallen really hard. He yeah. had um, John Jones in trouble in his title fight. He was right up there, one of the top fighters in the light heavyweight division, and uh, all of a sudden has fallen on hard times. Uh, this was another brutal knockout, and uh, Superman Ryan Spann looked phenomenal. Uh, this guy is scary and uh, athletic and talented, but uh, it's amazing how much Reyes has fallen off since that loss to John Jones. Well, he hasn't won since. Has he? I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I think I, I think he has won one out of the past five fights. I think so. Yeah. I'll yeah, and, and and also too, the last the last couple of fights that he has lost have been brutal knockouts. Yeah, yeah. they've been bad knockouts. So yeah, once good. those things start stacking up, that's not good. No. That is not good for any fighter. No, it's tough. Yeah, and uh, uh, Stefan mentioned it earlier. Uh, you know, taking that lid off. You get that knockout suddenly, you know something that uh, you would be able to withstand before. You don't, you don't, you're not able to anymore. And uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, this this could be the end of Dominic Reyes. Uh, he's he's got to really uh, contemplate his future because this has been tough recently to watch. Yeah, so I'm just looking up his stats right here. No, he lost to John Jones, and then the three losses in a row and three knockouts. Wow. Uh, so he and he didn't look good at all uh mm -hmm. walked in with the, no guard up at all walked into ryan span and i think it was a uh just a, a collision of two guys going in op complete opposite directions uh ray is just not what he uh, it's, it's like he's just fallen from so high and doesn't look good. He's went completely downhill. Maybe he was rusty. And got give credit to to Span. He was he was tight. He was sharp. And he we were all commenting about he knocked him out with a jab. Yeah, yeah. But Cruz walked in with his hands down, and Ryan Ryan Span just threw a jab right bam on the jaw. He was stepping into his jab as well. Yeah. But so it was a collision of two guys. Crazy. Completely different, and that's the result. Yeah, yeah. Completely. One's going up, one's going down, and uh, yeah, we know how, how it's working out there. Um, one last fight I want to just comment on before we send you off, Stefan. I know yeah. uh, you're turning into a pumpkin any minute here. Uh, <laughs> this, this fight between Aaron Blanchfield and Molly yeah. McCann. Uh, Molly McCann won a couple fights in the UK, uh, has a huge following behind her her and patty pimblett seem to be these meteoric superstars rising uh the usc matched her up against somebody that was too high of a competition for her and blanchfield just came in uh got her into that crucifix landed so many shots while she had her there uh the the, the referee wasn't stopping it so she had to get her into a submission uh make her force a tap but uh this was a massive mismatch uh, I'm surprised when the UFC does this because they like getting these stars keep rising, rising. Right. If they would have matched Molly against somebody, uh, you know, a little better, I think uh, it would have been better for the UFC, probably better for a lot of things. But, but uh, you know, there have been there was mismatches on this card, and this was definitely one of them. Yeah, this, this was certainly one of them. I guess you know, though, at some point in time, the UFC has to go. Well, is she a real fighter? 
I like like is is this you know like what what can she really do? So we're gonna put her up against you know, and then she got starched. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. kind of what happened. It's just like ah, she got she got put in that crucifix position, and then she just could not get out of it. She kind of kicked her feet a lot. <laughs> that did not do anything, and uh, she got punched and elbowed and punched and elbowed some more and punched and elbowed some more until that Kimura. Ah, sometimes, man, when the Kimura gets locked in and you're just like, I don't think your shoulder blade's supposed to do that. I don't think you're supposed to do that. It, it, it can be pretty brutal. I thought she was going to tap earlier, but I guess she just really wanted to make sure that, yeah, no, she's about to pop my shoulder blade right out of the socket. So, yeah. Now, yeah, I heard Blanchfield talk today and uh, said, you know, I was so close. I, I didn't really want to pop it out, but I was going to. That's yeah. all that it, you know, was going to take. She wasn't going to tap, but yeah, what were your thoughts, Stefan? I, I think Mullen Ken is still a, a pretty damn good fighter, but uh, and I think she still has a future. Uh, oh, yeah. Wow, what a ground game with uh, with Blanchfield. Like, she absolutely dominated. Got her into the crucifix, and it's hard to get rained down in, in the crucifix position, uh, from the top position, rained down with really big shots. But she just got, kept kind of chipping away, chipping away, um, until she got that arm and the can you she can't get her leg over my head and remember she kept stiff arming yeah. her, her yeah. Yeah, trying, but uh, but finally Blanchfield hopped over that arm and God stepped over her head and man was that behind like that that arm was so I I think she's probably walking around with her arm behind her head uh, uh, <laughs> right? that was so behind yeah. her her head she almost scratched the back of her own head there wow yeah. uh, Tough, tough girl. Um, yeah. But Blanchfield is just a beast. Was a, I? Uh, I think all, all of us were not even all that familiar with her. But yeah. now, wow, she's wow. Uh, she called out uh, both Andrea Lee and Casey O'Neill. She wants to fight in the top ten. She was twelve going in here. Uh, Casey O'Neill responded and said, "Hey, I'm injured right now, but I'm coming back soon. Let's do this." Uh, I think both of these girls would be. Heck of uh, opponents for her. And um, yeah, I've seen her a few times, but uh, that was the best performance she's ever put on by far. Uh, mm -hmm. She's a New Jersey native, so it was fun. She said she had a massive amount of crowd, uh, family and friends in, in the crowd. And uh, she said, uh, look out, uh, I'm coming. Yeah, yeah. No, she's most certainly coming because she took out like a, she took out a fan favorite. She took yeah. out Meatball and she did it uh, kind of with ease. There was uh, a couple milestones this weekend. Uh, this weekend was 29th year anniversary of the UFC. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, there was made some mention of it uh, over the weekend. Uh, November 12th in uh, Colorado, they had UFC 1. This was also the seventh year anniversary of Ronda Rousey getting head kicked, knocked out, and <laughs> losing uh, her belt. Uh, so a couple of big uh, things happen. Uh, they they do have these cards in Madison Square Garden every November. Uh, the Eddie Alvarez Conor McGregor one was also November twelfth, uh, twenty sixteen, the highest uh, gate ever at Madison Square Garden. Uh, and Madison Square Garden has asked Dana White now for two cards a year, and mm -hmm. uh, he thinks he's going to be able to pull it off. One in November, one earlier in the year now, forever, but. 
Uh, he mentioned a lot of things on the press conference. He said, I got to get back to Canada. Canada's missing us really bad. Yeah. I need to get back up there. I haven't been up there for a couple of years now. Uh, he mentioned Australia. Uh, South Korea's coming. And mm -hmm. he said, Africa. I am determined to fight in Africa next year. I'm sending my boys there. They're going to secure a stadium. We're going to make this happen. And uh, that was exciting, exciting news for me. Well, it's about time. It's about time. Like, like they, he's had like a, you know, like a couple African champions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did have a couple. Did. <laughs> um, still has one. But uh, it, it, sure, it's yeah. about time. They should be there. They should have been there for a while now. And I'm glad to see that. You know, if the UFC says it's a, it's a global sport, then be global. Got to yeah. go everywhere. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, I know, Stefan, it's time yeah. for you to go. Thanks so uh, much for joining us. I appreciate yeah. this hour you've spent with us. Thanks for coming out on Saturday night. We had a blast. Uh, we got to do it at the next big card before you go away to Mexico for your holidays. And, and okay. uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks a lot, man. This was, this was a great fun weekend and this was fun to do tonight. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was good seeing you guys again. And it was good talking about the fights and thank you, Jason, for the shots as well. You know, <laughs> and thanks for the bottle of tequila. Thanks for the yeah, bottle no of tequila. I appreciate no it. Straight and those Mexico. Burt Reynolds were great, Jason. <laughs> yeah. Anytime, okay, boy. guys, Anytime. I got to put the kid to sleep. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Take care. We'll talk soon. Yeah. Bye now. We'll talk soon. Thanks, buddy. Okay, Jason. Uh, this this was fun. Uh, nice to have him join us. Uh, it was great on Saturday and uh, fun to yeah. break it down today too. Oh, always fun. Always yeah. fun. It's always great when we get together. Uh, there was an announcement today on a uh, featherweight interim featherweight title fight. Uh, Josh Emmett Yair Rodriguez are going to fight on the Perth Australia card, USC 284. Uh, because Volkanovski is fighting Makachev, they decided to make an interim title fight, and they'll be on the same card. And probably it gives them an opportunity if volkanovsky falls off that they might be able to replace him with either one of these guys i guess but yeah. um yeah interesting uh to hear there'll be an interim featherweight champion in february that is the most interesting matchup you could possibly ever have because they got those are two individuals with very different styles of fighting yeah like incredibly different styles of fighting i'm intrigued yeah i'm very intrigued by that fight i'm intrigued um, oh, Emmett, I think he's on a uh seven fight winning streak, and um, and uh, Rodriguez <clears throat> is nine and two in the UFC, and he's had a lot of amazing performances. Uh, super excited, and I think, um, yeah, it'll be great, great to see this matchup. Uh, that that uh card is becoming even more and more intriguing on February in Australia. Um, that Volkanovsky. Makachev fight, uh, you know, super excited about that one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think that's going to be one heck of a barn burner, that fight. Um, I, I think it's 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 interesting that Makachev's first title defense is against the guy that's coming up to fight him. <laughs> like a champion that's coming up to fight him. Yeah. So it, it's, it's cool because we're just going to get to see just how good Islam Makachev is. We already know that he's obviously very good. 
Now we're really going to see just how good he is. That's the Volkanovski is yeah, no good. Might be a champ champ just like that. There's only yeah. a select few guys that are champ champs. So pretty, exactly. pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, okay. Let's look ahead to next week. Uh, there's an early card back to Vegas. Uh, they decided to put a card on really early. Uh, 10 a.m. prelim start here in the Pacific Coast time zone. One o'clock for the main card. Uh, main event is a heavyweight battle against Derek the Black Beast Lewis and Sergey Spivak. Uh, love seeing Lewis, uh, one of my m- most favorite fighters. Uh, he always, uh, he most always brings it. I've seen him have a couple duds, but um, he's fun. And uh, this should be, there should be a KO in this one, I would think. Yeah, yeah, somebody's getting knocked out. Like that, that's that's the way I always look at it with any of these heavyweights because, like you know, they they got such an amazing amount of power, and Derek Lewis is probably the strongest out of all of them. He has probably has the most power out of any heavyweight in the UFC in that division. So, I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing a violent stoppage. Yeah, me too. Yeah, another heavyweight fight on the card has Chase Sherman and Waldo Cortez Acosta. Acosta just fought a couple weeks ago, and that's right. uh, so. What's that? That's right. That's right. He yeah, did just yeah. So uh, amazing that he's back on a card so quickly. Um, the the co-main event, uh, Kennedy Kennedy and Njikwantu and Ion Kutilaba, the Hulk. Uh, these both these guys are powerful as hell. Uh, I think we're gonna see some KOs. For these top three fights. Uh, it's gonna be uh, yeah knockouts in that uh, card this this past Saturday. There was seven first round finishes. I think we're going to see quite a few on this one, for sure. I, I think so. I think you're absolutely right. And the fight that I'm actually looking forward to on the main card, Andre Filio, Muslim uh, Salikov. Yeah. I think that's going to be a great fight. Yeah. Good matchup. Very good. Yeah, you're right. Uh, looking awesome. Uh, there's Yeah, uh, there, these cards are always great. Uh, we're just, you know, treated to – an incredible run for the UFC. Uh, this uh, The UFC seems to be just getting better and better every year. Since this pandemic, I think it even took 10 steps forward. Uh, on the 29th year that this sport has been um, competing, uh, this the, this um, definitely premier organization in that world. And um, yeah, every week, every week we're getting to see amazing fights. That was a hell of a fun night i'm glad we could all do that and um yeah it was uh, yeah great to break it down too nice to be able to all three of us to get together and do this oh yeah no it it, it, it is it, it's it's always good it's always good when we get together and it was great that uh, stefan could join us for this evening yeah uh so okay let's turn to the nfl massive shock tonight there is no undefeated teams left in the Wait. In the NFL, the Philadelphia Eagles lost 32-21 to the Washington Commanders tonight. What? Uh, absolutely amazing. Uh, nobody expected this. The uh, Miami Dolphins are celebrating. They crack champagne every time there is uh, the last undefeated team gets beat. The 72 Dolphins team, whoever's left from that team, uh, cracks some champagne, drinks it down, and uh, it's it's amazing that football's been around for 50-something years and there's only been one undefeated team. Uh, I thought the Eagles were going to easily win this and keep on rolling, but uh, Washington had an amazing game plan, 
tons and tons and tons of running, keeping Jalen Hurts in that uh, dynamic Philadelphia offense off the field. And uh, Commanders are five and five, and the Eagles are eight and one. What a what a what a cr- crazy crazy night! I never would have thought that the Washington Commanders would even be at five hundred. To be honest with you, yeah. that they could get to five and five, or that they could beat the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, yeah. Like I, I, I'm like, okay, I'm looking at that game saying, how bad did they beat the? How bad did they beat the Commanders? Yeah, like, like, yeah. like two touchdowns or three touchdowns. Yeah. That's actually what I was thinking, not the other way around. Yeah, because Thursday night was a complete snoozer. I didn't even bother watching this. I thought tonight, oh, yeah, I probably won't be that interested in it. And I, I get home, and uh, the commanders are already leading. Uh, they they rushed the ball 49 times tonight and uh, dominated the, the time of possession. In the end, they had 40 minutes, 24 seconds of possession and the Eagles had 19 minutes and 36 wow. seconds. Um, they they had 330 yards, and the Eagles had 264, but it was a huge disparity before that. Um, yeah, just the, the uh, third down efficiency, they, they got 12 third downs, uh, one for one on their first uh, – on their fourth downs, and and uh, it, was, it was a brilliant performance. Uh, I was super blown away and impressed that they were able to game plan it Taylor Heineke played pretty good. Didn't make too many mistakes. Got one pick, but um, Terry McLaurin had a, a great night with eight catches, 128 yards uh, through the air, but nobody else uh, did much through the year. They just decided to do the ground attack. Uh, Brian Robinson got a touchdown. Antonio Gibson got a touchdown, and uh, they ended up getting a touchdown. At the end, uh, when the Eagles were lateraling the ball back and forth to try to go down the field, uh, but yeah, um, yeah, massive win. Uh, it really, um, yeah, I think shocks the world to see the Eagles uh, lose to the Commanders because Commanders were last in this division, and you know, interdivisional games sometimes can be harder. But you just didn't think this was even going to be close. No, I, I didn't think it was going to be close, and maybe. The commanders are seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, knowing that their dark shadow, Dan Snyder, is leaving yeah. eventually. Yeah. That 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 shadow, that that horrible culture, toxic culture that he's created over there. All of a sudden, hey, we got hope because I think he's gonna be he's gonna be out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's a very good point. Uh, you know, I brought that up last week that he finally decided to put them on the uh, up for sale and and um yeah that dark clouds uh, finally blowing away and uh maybe this will turn the corner for this franchise they still are at the bottom of this division cuz eagles are 8 and 1 giants are 7 and 2 cowboys are 6 and 3 they're 5 and 5 now but but uh you know that actually starts putting themselves in a little bit of a possibility to even make the playoffs as a wild card team it's crazy yeah, which I didn't think was possible either, like ever. Yeah. But now there's a possibility for that happening. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, great weekend. Uh, lots of really, really big games. Uh, my favorite game of the weekend was the Vikings-Bills. I texted you and said, hey, are you watching this thing? This is crazy. And, uh, yeah, the uh, the game was had everything. It was just insane. Uh, for the Bills to... Stop the Vikings, uh, first and goal, stop them four times, 
stop them at the half yard line and look like they had the game won. And then Josh Allen doesn't touch the football, loses it as a fumble in the end zone. Vikings get a touchdown. Now he gets the ball back with the motive. Less than a minute left, has to march down, get that field goal. But the Vikings get the ball, march down, and, and win the game. Uh, this was a this was a crazy, amazing, amazing game. Some of the greatest catches you'll ever see. Some just everything. It had everything in this game. It was absolutely amazing. It was amazing because <clears throat> I saw some of the game. I saw some of it, but then I had to rewatch some of it, like off the YouTube and stuff. Yeah. And I gotta be honest, man. Once they once the Vikings were down and they got stopped, I'm like, oh, the game's over. Game's over, all right? Like, <laughs> then it, game's over. Like, there's there's no way that they're able to turn this around. And then they turned it around, <laughs> right? And they scored the touchdown. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> how did they, How is this happening? Like, it's yeah. just like, but even for them to get down there, to give themselves a chance, the Vikings to give themselves a chance to score, that catch by Justin Jefferson yeah. oh, was the mo- one of the most ridiculous catches yeah. I've ever seen. I've been yeah. watching football for like 30 years. I've never seen a catch like that. It reminded that me of Odell Beckham, but the, yes. the, the the cornerback had both of his hands on the ball. Yeah. And that wasn't the case with Beckham. This yeah. guy had the ball. He had possession of the ball. And somehow with one hand in there, he's able to, as they're going down, scoop it away from him and, and get possession uh, yeah. to, to jump up and actually get his hand on the ball and to be able to pull it down. It was miraculous, incredible, spectacular. One of the greatest catches I've ever witnessed. And, and yeah. I, I watched it so many times yesterday, had to watch it a bunch of times today. Uh, yeah, this, this has to go down as, you know, top five catches of all time. And Jefferson, what a game, like 10 catches, 193 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he's just getting better and better and better. And, and cousins, this with this weapon, uh, it makes the Vikings very, very, very dangerous. Uh, to be seven and one and kicking everybody's butt like this, uh, or no, eight and one, sorry, eight and one now. Uh, this is uh, you know, this is starting to become a legitimate team that you have to give props to. I, I you know what, you're absolutely right. I, I had my question marks and I kept saying it, but they beat the Bills now. They beat the Bills, and so. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna start looking at them like they're a real team, yeah. and Justin Jefferson has really come into his own. I would say that you know how you always picking a hero, that dude that dude was the hero. Yeah, he was a hero for this week because like his what the numbers he put up, the catches that he made. Oh yeah, man, real the, deal. The incredible thing about this game was uh, pregame they 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 really started highlighting Stephon Diggs against uh, Justin Jefferson and Stephon Diggs was there. He had that miracle in Minnesota catch that won them the game a couple years back. That was just one of those shocking moments where you're like he he caught that. Oh my god! And they won the game on his touchdown. Uh, Minnesota fans were super upset when they decided to trade him. Uh, and Diggs ended up the draft pick that they got from that trade was Justin Jefferson. And so pretty neat that, you know, these guys were able to compete against each other and show that they're both super elite. Jefferson might have just put himself a tiny bit above Diggs, maybe, 
And yeah. Diggs had a had a catch in this game too that was ridiculous. A one-handed grab that he just yeah. jumped up in the air, stabbed it with one hand, and brought yeah. it down too. Uh, these guys are two of the best in the business. Yeah, and and Diggs, Diggs had a great game too. Twelve receptions, one hundred twenty-eight yards. Like he he had a fantastic game. Like it was just it was a great game to watch. It was just a fantastic game. Yeah. Now, if there's a game that's better than this at some point in time this season, man, I can't wait to see what that looks like. No kidding. Because I, I would yeah. say right now this, that, this is the game of the year. This is the game of the year, yeah. yeah. Uh, Josh Allen, I, I just love watching this guy. I, I, I could watch him play football 24 hours a day, man. Oh, my God. He is just such a huge beast. He is just incredible. He has everything that you want. If, if it, you had to say, okay, I want you to sculpt the ultimate quarterback. Here you go. You have a six foot five piece of clay here. This is what this is who we need. Uh, he would be the guy. Like I watched him and just holy cow! I thought in overtime he was going to march that team down and they were going to win the game. He threw that pick, and uh, that was his kryptonite. There, that was the problem. But um, man, his his when you just watch this guy, it's just. It's insane what he does. He he puts up 330 yards passing, and he puts up about 100 yards rushing, too. He gets the ball, and he just powers through guys, runs them over, and, and steps, throws the ball down and says, let's go, let's do it again. And I, I just love it, love it, love it. This is a fun guy. Uh, Buffalo is lucky to have this guy as their signal caller. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Six carries, 84 yards. Right, and a lot of that, some of those yards, that was tough running, tough lower the shoulder and running through people. Yeah, I'll run through you. Yeah, I, and I, I love that. I love that about his game, where he's like, "Yeah, sliding, I could do that, but I'm not going to. I'm going to go through your chest instead." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he he just he doesn't slide. He doesn't uh, shy away from hits. He usually initiates the contact and. Yeah. And it's fun to watch. Um, they were they've been struggling uh, outside of him. They've been struggling in the ground game this year. They only had one touchdown on the ground coming in. Singletary chipped in this game with two touchdowns on the ground, and uh, maybe that's turning a corner a bit for them. But but this was a this was a tough loss for Buffalo for sure. But a yeah. massive win for Minnesota. Uh, they've really put themselves uh, far and away ahead of the Packers in that division. And looking like uh, one of the top elite teams in the league. And uh, we were just, we kept thinking, oh, these are pretenders. They're not contenders. But uh, after this win, I think a lot of people are going to give them props. Yeah, I, I think they've, they've convinced a lot of people. I know they've convinced me. As I, I still had a question mark on it, but that's a statement win. That's a big time statement win. Uh, the other game of the weekend, in my opinion, was the Packers and the Cowboys. Uh, there was only three games in the afternoon window, so this was a you know feature game for me, and uh, it was also a back and forth affair. Um, Cowboys seemed to have everything going uh, their way. Twenty-eight to fourteen going into the fourth quarter, uh, they were in franchise history, one hundred and ninety-five and zero with a two-touchdown or better lead going in, and they had never lost a game like that. Aaron Rodgers salvaged their season. They still might be done, but salvaged their season with a huge comeback. 
and got the or win win in overtime. Uh, this was a great game as well. It, it was fun that it went into overtime. Uh, the the coolest part was I got a text from my dad and he says, "I don't I don't want either team to win." <laughs> and, and I, I'm like, yeah, me either. I hate both of these franchises, but uh, it's fun game to watch. And I'm kind of actually glad that the Packers won because they can stay a little bit relevant. And the Cowboys have already had a good year. They're still in the mix for sure. But uh, but fun game, uh, man. Uh, both teams played great, but uh, Aaron Rodgers pulled this out. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers pulled it out. Uh, and he had help from... Watson, Watson, like wow, career day rookie with three touchdowns. Oh man, three. Uh, he only had four catches. Three. Only had four catches. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. that that's and that's the crazy thing. It's like I had four catches and three of them were touchdowns. That's who I am. Yeah, yeah. yeah right here. You know, like that. That was he was a stud. He was a stud yeah. in that game, man, big time. Aaron Rodgers has criticized this kid, has shaken his head a few times when he yeah. dropped balls, when he ran wrong routes, and Aaron Rodgers has not been a great teammate this year, as we've mentioned a few times, but uh, Watson stepped up and had a great game. Uh, Aaron Jones, uh, he's been really lethal for the last couple seasons. This was another really good performance by him, 138 yards in the ground and a touchdown, and he even had a couple catches. Um, but um, yeah, the, Dallas was never supposed to lose this game. But Aaron Rodgers said, you know, hey, we cannot lose. And he willed this team to win, had a, had a great performance. Uh, wasn't wasn't on his arm, uh, you know, didn't throw a ton. But, um, you know, that with that ground attack and him through the air to Watson, um, they, they got a big victory here. Oh, they got, yeah, huge victory. Huge victory. Because... They could have easily lost this game, but they battled. They kept battling, and they kept battling. They had to come back, being down, to win this game. Uh, it was a very impressive win by the Packers. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, I watched the early game. Uh, I left you. Uh, I left you uh, late Saturday, and I thought, oh man, I got to get home. Holy cow! I got to get up early. I got to watch this Germany game. First time the regular seasons ever in Germany in the NFL. And uh, it was the Seahawks and Bucks. I was looking forward to this matchup a lot. I thought the Bucks were going to win. I thought uh, Tom Brady had turned the corner last week, getting that come from behind victory. And uh, the Bucks did pull out a tight game against the Seahawks. Uh, it was It was a fun game to watch. Really cool to see all the German fans and see all the German architecture a lot of buildings they did a lot of really cool shots of this of this city and um yeah it was fun uh what do you think when you saw the highlights ah uh, great game great yeah. game um i thought the, the thing that that kind of changed a little bit for the bucks was they had a little bit more of a ground attack yeah in this one like, like fine like you know like Fournette, like at you know 14 carries 57 yards and a touchdown like they they had a, a little bit of a running game, and then with White, obviously, twenty two carries under five yards. Yeah, they had a running attack. That's what was been missing. Yeah, they didn't have a balance. Like you can't have Brady. You can't have old man Brady throwing the pigskin like forty five times a game. Like what, what, what are you doing? Yeah, you know, like, save that golden arm. All right. Yeah, it was <laughs> that yeah. down down the line at the end of the season, going into the playoffs. So. 
I, I, I respected the fact that they we finally saw a running game for the Bucks, and then I thought that was the difference in the game. Yeah, I, mean, I said it to you on Saturday. I said, you know, they they got to get a running game, uh, yeah. or or else you know this team sunk, and uh, you know they finally were able to. Uh, Seahawks have been suspect at times, uh, stopping the run this year, and uh, that was their, you know, that was the game where they they didn't get one. Uh, Godwin finally got his first touchdown of the season. Uh, pretty crazy that it's taken him this many games to get there. Um, the uh, I had a, a a fun moment in this game where uh, Tom Brady went out in coverage and uh, they just handed the ball off and he was wide open. They didn't even pay him any attention and uh, they they ran the ball on a sweep of the other direction. And uh, I think he went into the huddle and said. Hey, uh, nobody covered me on this one. Uh, you know, we should run that play again. So they ran that play again. They had, they gave the ball to Fournette, and Brady ran out, and he looked like about a 70-year-old man running. <laughs> Did you see the play? Did you see no, it? No. I, oh, I, my I, God. He looked so slow. And then he slipped and fell, and it was picked <laughs> off. Fournette's pass was picked off. The only pass he threw. And uh, they went, no, Tom. No, we're not doing that ever again. Sorry about that. <laughs> it made me laugh a lot. Oh my god, you got to see it. It was just so funny to watch. Well, because like I'm, I'm sure it looked like it's like is he moving in slow motion or is he is he, is he speed walking? Is that what he's doing? <laughs> he even he even got a penalty because when he fell onto the ground and the ball was picked, he tripped the guy with his foot, and he even got a penalty to even uh, add more salt to the wound there it was it was probably my funniest moment of the weekend made me laugh a lot well you know what it's like i think he's like oh this one's for the boys this one's for the boys right uh we've been talking about hero of the week let's get into uh some of the contestants uh we've mentioned a few of them already and uh i want to mention a couple more um Josh Allen, actually, uh, I, I forgot to mention when we were talking about him, he came into this game with supposedly an elbow injury that uh, they weren't even sure he was going to start this game. He had a UCL uh, problem, and they were like, oh, I don't know if Josh is playing. Uh, he did and had a phenomenal game. 330 yards through the year, one touchdown, 84 yards on six carries. Uh, just great. And in that same game, Singletary with, two rushing touchdowns digs uh 128 yards through the year but in this game it's justin jefferson with that 193 yards and and uh yeah man i just i want to watch that catch over and over and over again uh we didn't even mention dalvin cook uh he only had 14 carries but he had 119 yards on the ground and another 27 through the year with a touchdown on the ground and kirk cousins uh, 357 yards through the air and a touchdown. Um, I mentioned uh, Aaron Jones. I think Justin Fields gets my hero of the week. You can you can tell me who yours is. Uh, Justin Fields uh, set another couple records this week. Uh, he got two touchdowns on the ground, two touchdowns through the air, and over 100 yards. No quarterback in NFL history has ever done that. And 555 yards in the last five games uh, by him rushing, set another NFL record. 
And yeah, man, this guy is just becoming super elite and almost unstoppable. He's coming into his own. Yeah. And you know what? I, I'm, I'm glad that the Bears organization said, ah, you know what? Fine. We'll trust you. We'll see what happens. Yeah. yeah oh, that's what's going to happen. Why did we just yeah. Uh, yeah. I was, I was super <laughs> choked at the beginning of the year because they were not even giving him an opportunity. But uh, Chicago set a dubious record, though. They are the first team in NFL history to score 29-plus points in three straight games and lose all three. Uh, once they got rid of some of these guys on defense, it seemed like the white flag was being waved, and um, they shouldn't have done that. They shouldn't have done that. This guy has the ability to take them far if they have a defense as well, but uh, there's only so much this Superman can put on his cape. Uh, if he's got no help on D, they're, they're going to keep losing games, unfortunately. Yeah, because he's just like, I, okay, I get it. Just got to keep scoring for the entire game. And I can't stop because <laughs> I got no defense to help me out. It, it, it sucks, but at least we're being entertained with the fact that, my goodness, is he incredibly talented. Like, 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 and the wheels on him, too. Like, that one, the one, the one, the one run that he broke out to the right and managed to cut it back into the middle. I think 71 yard run or touchdown. I'm like, oh, oh, that is impressive. Yeah. That is impressive. Like, even last, last, uh, uh, last week where two was like, from the other team from Miami going, how much, how many yards does that dude have? I don't know. He's just like, that's impressive. <laughs> right? like, yeah, that's pretty that's wild. When another opposing quarterback says that, it's pretty neat. Yeah, yeah wow. that's pretty cool, man. That's pretty cool. By the way, Tua actually had a great game, too. Sure. He had, yeah, he had a fantastic way. Uh, 285 yards, three touchdowns. My my hero, though, is, is Justin Jefferson. Yeah. I'm sorry, man. Like, that it is it, – he had an incredible game. Yeah. Incredible, incredible catches came up big where he needed to come up big. Yeah, and that was that was massive to get them to eight and one and so great. Um, we mentioned Christian Watson, CD Lamb had a big game, uh, 150 yards through the air and a couple touchdowns. Who else do I want to mention? Oh, Patrick Mahomes, another four touchdown game, and uh, you know Jeff Wilson really fitting in with Miami well there. He's uh. He, he got a lot of yardage, and, and that was a big pickup by then. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, 147 yards on the ground and another touchdown. Uh, Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, we saw him come back, and he got a win. Uh, Jeff Saturday gets the victory in his coaching debut. He decided last minute, no, I'm not going with the rookie. I'm going with the veteran. Put Matt Ryan in there, and uh, they get a win in Jeff Saturday's debut. There was a lot of controversy that – uh, they were tanking. Uh, they wanted to get top draft pick by going with a guy that's never had any coaching experience at the college or NFL level, and they threw Saturday in there, and he gets a victory in his first game. Yeah, good on him. Good on him. Hey, man, like he, he, he trusted his instincts and his gut. Went with the old man, Matty Ice, and said, you think you got one more in you? And he's like, yeah, they got to do it. They got to do it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I would have loved to be a fly on the wall with that conversation. And, uh, <laughs> I'm glad they went with Matty Ice. Uh, I love that guy, and uh, I, 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 you know, we can wait for the Sam Ailinger, whatever. Uh, we can wait another year. I, I wish Matty would play the rest of the season right out, and 
And the, the Colts still have an opportunity. They're, they're not bad. Uh, they could pull this off with the big coaching change. Um, you mentioned Miami and Tua. Wow. What a blowout. 39 points put up. Uh, this team, you know, as I mentioned many times this year, they, they got these, you know, they got Tyreek Hill. They got some extra weapons. Uh, Wilson now on the ground. Uh, this team is scary. Yeah, they got weapons everywhere. Like they just got, just got weapons. They got people that can hurt you everywhere, all across mm-hmm. the field. And uh, and Tua's playing great. He's playing very accurate, very smart football right now. Yeah. And it's and, uh, and I'm just really happy to see that he's gotten over his concussion and he's playing awesome. Yeah, yeah, you know, another three touchdowns, no picks. Uh, you know, great. It's amazing that uh, they they got both. Uh, Wilson and Mostert out of San Fran. Uh, they, uh, you know, obviously love love that running attack. San Fran has had the best running attack for the last two or three years. Christian McCaffrey goes there now, so now we can get uh, Wilson out of there, and he's he's fit in like a glove. Incredible. Uh, not not as huge performances from Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle as we've normally seen, but when you put up thirty nine points, like ah, that's pretty good. No, yeah, no, no, no. That that that's good. That's good. That's that's really good. And you know what? Those guys didn't actually have to put up huge, huge numbers for this game for them to win. So. Yeah. Um, in a strange, quirky part of the schedule, the Chargers actually play the Sunday Nighter two weeks in a row, and uh, they lost to the Niners in a tough, tough game. Um, I don't know what's wrong with the Chargers right now. Uh, I guess, you know, having Keenan Allen and Mike Williams still hurt uh, just seems to be too much to overcome. Eckler has been, you know, trying to, uh, you know, do some damage. But, um, yeah, this was a tough loss for the Chargers, uh, losing to the Niners in a in a close game. Yeah, tough loss. I, 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 I kind of think that I think Herbert's still dealing with something. Because uh, like he was injured before, and I, I still think he's struggling with said injury. I yeah. think it's still bothering him. And the fact, like like you just said, he's missing his two top guys, his two top receivers. Yeah, kind of hard to win games when your two of your best receivers are not there for Very weeks tough. after week after week. So yeah, yeah, that's yeah, it's been too bad. Uh, I was quite concerned. Um, Herbert got hit helmet to helmet hit. Um, oh, the, yeah. yeah, the guy got tossed out of the game for the hit. Um, wasn't you know I've seen worse, but yeah. uh, they they pulled him off for concussion protocol. Uh, it seems like he's fine, but that's always tough these days, especially after Tua went through those concussion uh, issues. Now they're getting even tougher and tighter on that. But I think he's going to be good going forward. Yeah, I, I think so too. But it was it was kind of a vicious hit, man. I I. I don't know if Greenlaw intended it for that to be like that. No. I think Herbert stumbled and then it just had, just had, it was like a bang, bang play. Yeah. But at the same time, it didn't look good. It didn't no. look good. No, it was helmet to helmet. Spun, yeah. spun Herbert's face around. Um, yeah. he, he had been trying to duck a little bit and he kind of got hit at the same time on the other side of him. So yeah, yeah. it wasn't, you know, a vicious, uh, you know, tack that, uh, you know, you, you were definitely like, holy crap, kick that guy out of the game. I was a little surprised that he got booted out, but they're, they're getting pretty strict on these hits now. Well, yeah. And, and as they should, 
as they should. They're, they're, they're trying to protect everybody as best they can. Because, like, you know, like I, I remember there was a certain guy that used to do that intentionally, Rodney Harrison. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, right. luckily, Take luckily, it Rodney Harrison doing that hit, or else yeah. it's like, oh, no, he's out. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mentioned concussion. Uh, I'm going to get into some injury talk. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster uh, went into concussion protocol and uh, is probably going to miss a couple games. They think um, there was some pretty bad injuries this weekend. Cooper Cup got hurt and looks like he's going to be out for an extended period of time. Has a uh, bad high ankle sprain and is, is out. Uh, Jerry Judy from the Broncos, also uh, wide out. He has a high ankle sprain. Usually, though, it keeps guys out uh, typically between t- two and six weeks, sometimes uh, about a month, but um, not good for both guys. Uh, Zach Ertz, the Cardinals tight end, uh, got a bad knee injury yesterday. And uh, speaking of the Chargers w- with uh, Herbert, um, their tight end, Gerald Everett, uh, left that game with a groin injury, and they said it doesn't look good. So, uh, tough. A lot of stars um, getting hurt yesterday. Uh, I always hate to see that. Yeah, it sucks. It sucks whenever anybody gets hurt like that, and especially when they're 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 players that the team relies on, and then now they're going to be unavailable for a certain amount of time. Yeah. Um, Titans beat the Broncos. Uh, Broncos are just just the worst offensive team in the league right now. They're just having struggles. It's not good there. Uh, Giants, uh, can you believe the Giants' record? Uh, I I'm I'm stunned that they're seven and two. Uh, they're the top wild card team right now in the NFC and uh, rolling along. Uh, beat the Texans, who everybody can beat, but uh, you know Saquon Barkley having a phenomenal year. Uh, Thirty-five carries, thirty-five. That's a that's a bell cow workhorse. Holy crap! He was he was handling the rock all game. Yeah, yeah, man. They 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 just said it's all you, buddy. It's all you, and we're just gonna keep giving you the rock. Like, yeah, thirty-five carries. That's that's a ton of carries, man. But one hundred fifty-two yards and one touchdown. Again, I I love restating this fact that Barkley has something to prove this year, yeah. and he is most certainly proving it. Comeback player of the year, in my opinion, for sure. And, um, and uh, yeah, just having a great, great, great season. Uh, Darius Slayton, uh, he's an elite star, too. He only had three catches for basically 100 yards and a touchdown. Uh, his one touchdown was amazing. What what a speedster. And, and uh, they, they've got two huge weapons there. And seven and two, second place in the entire conference. Um, uh I, oh, I guess the Vikes are, are uh, yeah tied tied now, so I guess they would be considered third place in the conference. But yeah, phenomenal um, phenomenal year for the Giants. Uh, sort of unexpected by by everybody. Yeah, very unexpected. But um, I think uh, at least their hard work has been well rewarded this yeah. season. Uh, Steelers got a big win, uh, mostly because of their defense. TJ Watt coming back, huge, huge, huge. They lost Minka Fitzpatrick, but uh, a nice victory for them. But both teams are are out of it and, you know, having a tough year. Uh, this Cardinals-Rams game is really weird because they have both backup quarterbacks in there. Uh, Rams, though, uh, man, they have 
how the mighty have fallen. Uh, they are just terrible this year. They are, yeah, the, the defending champions are on the ropes and looking like uh, playoffs will not be in their future in this season. No, um, the playoffs aren't going to be in their future because, like, their stud that they relied on with the season, the one guy that they could rely on is now hurt. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I'd say that it's over. <laughs> it, let's close the book on it. We yeah. tried, boys. We really did. Let's retool. Let's re-up for next year because I, I just don't see them coming back now. I really don't, especially with Cooper Cup being out probably, three, like you said, anywhere between three to six weeks. No, man. Sorry. Yeah, yeah you don't – and you don't want to risk – you know, you don't want to risk him. So high ankle sprains, very tough for a receiver yeah. to, you know, have to endure. And, and uh, yeah, I, you know, this is the backup uh, – battle of the backups – and Colt McCoy looked pretty good. Wolford, not so much. And, um, yeah, Cardinals uh, knocked off the Rams and put the Rams at three and six. Uh, quite shocking. Uh, very strange to see, you know, them, the best team in the league last year, and then, you know, to fall off the rails like this. The only other team that's been you – know, well, there's two teams that are just as disappointing. Raiders and the Broncos, two, two teams that everybody thought a lot better things were going to come out of them. But yeah. Um, yeah, the Rams. Uh, yeah, I think uh, a lot of them are really shocked that they were the best team in football this year or last year, and not this year for sure. Yeah, I know it, it is shocking. I, I thought they would be a heck of a lot better than what they are, but uh, you know what they say: it is what it is. It yeah. Is. Um, that concludes our our, our NFL look. Um, Thursday nighter coming up. Titans Packers really looking forward to that game should be uh, a fun fun matchup uh Jets and Patriots a divisional matchup there um there's some uh good games on the slate for the this coming weekend as I mentioned the Sunday nighter has the Chiefs or has the Chargers playing a game they play the Chiefs and um, a divisional matchup for the Monday nighter one week from tonight 49ers and Cardinals uh, the probably the game of the weekend is shaping up to be the Cowboys Vikings. Uh, yeah, the, the yeah. late window uh, on Sunday. Um, I think that'll be must watch TV. Yeah, yep, I absolutely agree with you on that. Um, hopefully, we get something reminiscent to what the Packers did with the Cowboys, or what the Vikings did with the Bills, or a combination of both. I'll take either one. I'll take either one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot to live up to, but uh, yeah, well, hopefully they can deliver. Um, okay, I had hero of the week. I I've been giving up a zero of the week. There wasn't really anybody in the NFL. Uh, there wasn't really anybody in the UFC. There wasn't anybody in basketball. Um, I decided to talk about this. School shooting that happened uh, this weekend at the University of Virginia. Um, geez, uh, an ex-football player on the University of Virginia football team uh, shot and killed uh, three of his former teammates, uh, shot a couple others that are still in hospital recovering. Um, this this is, has to stop. This kind of stuff has to friggin' stop. Um, why are we talking about school shootings? Uh, time after time after time after time, and nothing seems to change. Uh, just disgusting. And uh, he, this, this, this guy has 
has snuffed out the lives of uh, of these of these kids playing football and uh you know has devastated this community devastated this university uh you know changed lives and and for what for what i just i i just uh, this has to stop this has to friggin stop uh, yeah you you would think so you'd think that the politicians would want it to stop you think that something would happen to mitigate change on some sort of level, national level, local or national, and we still haven't seen it. It's almost as if the like the, the American government just like, well, you know, what do you want us to do about it? Do you want us to actually do something about that? You know, like if if you actually have kids and, and this is this has been there's been more of a push now from the children saying, well, if you're not gonna do anything, I don't know, I think I thought you guys were the adults. We would yeah. love to be protected. Yeah. That would be awesome. You know, because yeah. we're, we're kind of sick of dying. You don't like that. Yeah. We, maybe we have to give the zero of the week to, you know, the government. I don't know. I don't know who we, we have to hold to account for this, but yeah, it's, you know, it's crazy that you go to school. They, they, they say we're the most powerful nation in the world, best country in the world. And, you know, going to school, is a life uh it's you're putting risk on your life by just going to school like come on like what the hell uh you know i don't want to go to war myself i don't want to be in war do i you know do i want to educate myself oh maybe not because i might might get killed you know (laughs) that should never be a thought in any kid's brain no it should absolutely never be a thought in any kid's brain. School should be a safe place. It should be a place of higher learning, not a place where you could get shot. No, no, man. That that yeah. is that is not a thing that should ever be happening. Disgusting and brutal. And uh yeah, I'm I'm sick about it. And uh yeah, I hope one day we we just see an end to these and um yeah, we we you know they gotta they gotta make some big changes. It got it's gotta change because this this just should not be happening anymore. It's it's horrible. Um, I <clears throat> I actually did want to mention one more thing about the NFL. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. is rumored to be going to many of the contenders. He wants to go to somewhere that has an opportunity to win a Super Bowl. He's being highly sought after. The Rams used him last year to come in and and open up lanes for some of their other quarter uh, their other wideouts and and. Uh, there's been a lot of talk of him. Who's he going to go to? Uh, we'll see what happens in the coming weeks. But uh, there was news today that he um, has decided to sue Nike. Uh, this is his words. They have swindled him out of $20 million by suppressing sales of his merchandise to avoid triggering bonuses and extensions. Um the lawsuit was filed today in Oregon, where Nike was originally founded. Um, he has a huge, long laundry list of reasons why he thinks that they are trying to screw him and not pay him. And uh, the 30-year-old the, uh, has um, yeah, exercised his right to sue. And uh, uh, this will be a broken relationship. Uh, he will not have a shoe deal anymore, but uh, this was uh, crazy news. I read this story today, and it c- kind of shocked me. Yeah, that is shocking. 
And also, too, the fact that he went forward, that means he's got proof. Maybe he has some proof. Yeah. You, he's got he's got to have proof. Like, you have to have something. You can't just – it can't be, like, no paperweight. You know what I mean? Like, that, there has to be legitimate proof that he knows something shady has gone on and he has the proof to, sh- to, to prove it because the burden of proof is on him yeah. to show what they've done to him. So, totally, yeah. Yeah, we'll see how this plays out in court. Uh, it might get settled out of court and we won't hear anything, but let's hope we hear some more details about it in the coming days and weeks. Uh, okay, let's finish with the NBA super quick. Not, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, we can't get into it much. This has been a long podcast already. We're both tired and ready to go. <laughs> um, the players of the week this week in the East was Joel Embiid, player of the week in the Eastern Conference, career high. 59 points last night. Um, yep. Absolute monster performance. The highest highest point total of any player this uh, year. And uh, holy cow, the highlights were pretty damn impressive. This guy was a monster. Yeah, he was an absolute monster. Could not be stopped, would not be stopped. And uh, they, they take out a surprisingly good jazz team. Yeah. Surprisingly good jazz team. So... Yeah, uh, good on Embiid. And then last uh, last night, there was another guy that dropped a 50, 50 spot as well. Darius Garland. Yeah, 51, yeah. 51 points. Yeah. 51 points, six assists. Very impressive. Yeah. And I think that's like its fourth game back, too. Dropped yeah. 50. Yeah, that, that was impressive. I, I, I took him in my DraftKings yesterday, and he got me a massive amount of points. Um. Embiid got me 100 fantasy points, and Garland got me 70-something. And I picked Garland because um, Mitchell was hurt and he hurt. wasn't going to play. So I figured he was going to get the bulk of the of the carries. Uh, he was going to get the bulk of the shots, and and you have to run the, the offense through him. And, uh, man, what a what a performance. In 40 minutes, 51 points. Um, yeah, you've been, you've been talking about him all year. And he he really broke out yesterday. Oh yeah, man! Like uh, I love the Cavs. The Cavs are the the Cavs are for real. They are for real. And for that guy to do that, he just kind of got back to the team and was like, "Oh, Donovan's not here. Great, I get to go off." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They had a few injuries yesterday. They lost to the T Wolves, which was yeah. kind of shocking. But uh, but yeah, what a game by Garland. Um, the Western Conference Player of the Week was Steph Curry. Uh, he's he's actually having his best career numbers in two-time MVP, four championships. He's actually having the best start to a season that he's ever had. This is crazy. And he's 35 years old. Uh, yeah. Man, this guy, wow. <laughs> Amazing. They are struggling uh, winning 0 and 7 on the road for the first time in decades, but Steph is uh, not the reason. Oh, he's having a great game. A great no, game. he is definitely not the reason. And especially uh, a couple games back where he single handedly brought them back and beat the Cavs. He did all of that. Yeah. It was all on him. It was, and he, he was unconscious. He did everything in his power to win that game and he won that game for them so i hope that the golden state they managed to get it together because like again their 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 weak point right now is their defense uh their defensive rotations are not good their defense is just not good 
There, there's not enough effort being given on the defensive end for the Golden State Warriors. That's what needs to change. But Steph, all that dude needs to do is just keep what do keep doing what he's doing. Yeah. He's fantastic. He's great. And then hopefully Clay, as the season goes on, he's going to begin to start rounding back into his Clay Thompson form. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, the Raptors had a great victory tonight. Uh, they they were able to beat the Pistons 115-11. Uh, Canadian off the bench, Delano Banton, top scorer, 27 points. And Chris Boucher, also off the bench, was the second leading scorer with 20, both Canadians. Uh, they played OKC the other night, and there was five Canadians on the floor at one time. It was awesome to watch. Uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander is just phenomenal this year. Lugan Stort has been great, 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 super solid in the post for them. And um, yeah, Canadians are really lighting it up around the league. And great to see two Canadians contribute to a big win for the Raptors today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A big win by the Raptors. And uh, going back with uh, Gilgis Alexander and Dort, like even yesterday where they played the Knicks. They were instrumental in that win. Uh, Gilgis Alexander had 37 points. Dorton had 24 points in a very high-scoring game against the Knicks, 145-135. Holy crap. Yeah, that's massive. Yeah, that's that's incredible high-scoring game. <laughs> yeah, not um, a lot of defense, though. No, no. Um, we mentioned Steph Curry. Steph Curry is actually on pace to break his three-pointer record again. Uh, it's early, but... Uh, 403, I believe, is the record, and he's on pace for 420, something like that. And, oh, uh, if he, if he actually does that, if he actually breaks his ridiculous record, where you know, like, I because 400, 403 is in a season, like, what are you talking about? What, what do you mean? What yeah, do you mean? That's you insane. Yeah. Like, if he can actually break that, then oh, okay, cool, awesome, <laughs> you are awesome. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Trailblazers are surprising the league. They're nine and four, top of the West. Also, Nuggets nine and four. Jazz, you mentioned as a surprise too. Still there, ten and five. Uh, yeah. This this you know week four of the NBA shaping up pretty good. One month in, and uh, yeah, looking pretty pretty cool, pretty fun. Lots of great stories. Uh, we'll have to follow it closely. Uh, the Warriors game is, I think, still currently on. Is it? Is it still on? Uh, I've recorded it for tonight. I'm going to watch it probably in a little bit. But anyway, man, this was uh, this was a fun podcast. As I said earlier, uh, great to have Stefan on. Great to hang out with you guys this weekend. Thanks for making the effort. And um, yeah, thanks again for doing this one. Oh, of course, anytime, my friend. Uh, it was awesome getting together, as it always is. And uh, I look forward. To next Monday. <laughs> Doing it again. Yeah, sounds good. Hey, buddy, have a great week ahead and uh, keep in touch. Well, I'm sure we'll talk talk throughout the week. Oh, you betcha. You betcha. Okay. All right. Night. Bye for now. Okay. Yeah, I think it's about two hours. Hope <laughs> these are long. Um, yeah. Hey, thanks for sticking in. Appreciate your your support. And um, of course, appreciate the support have our partners and sponsors and um yeah uh tell your friends tell your family check out our websites and um yeah tune in every monday we're doing this uh over the holidays we're going to do some more 
and uh into the new year we're going to be doing a ton so um yeah uh we will talk to you soon take care of yourself and have a great week ahead bye for now